Corey Rinaldi wants to make a difference. He wants to help people understand and he wants to help people heal. Corey is an Australian Army veteran who spent almost 20 years in the military and is currently in his sixth year as president of the Cronulla RSL sub-branch. He is also the Anzac Memorial's debut veteran artist in residence. This program provides time and space for war veterans to creatively explore the Anzac Memorial and to reflect on their service and sacrifice. The aim is to ensure that contemporary military experiences are interpreted for today's audiences. Corey's exhibition, A Soldier's Healing, shares his experiences through the everyday objects of military life and the architecture of the Anzac Memorial, documenting a journey of service and healing through the power of art. In this podcast, Corey takes us back to where his passion for the military and art began. Born into a strict Irish Catholic family in the country town of Maryborough in Queensland, his mother was forced to give him up for adoption. After spending six months in an orphanage, he was taken in by Anne and his new life began. My mother's, her mother, she had three brothers who served in the First World War and all came back. And she could see that I was interested in the military, so she sort of passed on the family tradition to me. And she took me to my first Anzac Day, and I must have been at least, I'd have to be five or maybe six, because I, I can remember it, it's a really rich memory. All these guys with medals and hats marching by, there was like hundreds of them, hundreds of them, like I couldn't tell you how many, but for this small country town called Inglewood in central Victoria, it's amazing that they just come out of nowhere. They were like superheroes. I just got interested into it and the more I researched and the more I learned. And I love history so it was just sort of part in hand and I draw military stuff and then I pretend I was a soldier then I found out more about our family history. You know, and it just, it just kept pushing me to maybe that's what I want to do. But Corey's mother didn't want him to go off to war. I wanted to join the military as soon as I turned 18 and she was sort of against it because I think she was more scared of the fact if I was killed. You know, more, it was more about her than what I wanted. So I went to university but it was still sitting in the back of my head so I ended up actually joining the reserve military. So I said you can't, I said, you can't have it both ways, I, I want to expose myself to see if this is what I wanted to do. So I did that and then I think after two years of finishing my degree, I just said, no, I, I need to go. This is what I really want to do. This is what I'm suited to do. You know, and she said, you're throwing away. I, I did think I was going to be a famous artist one, one day. That's what my original goal was. But when I learned more about the military and what I could achieve in there, and like I said, I was suited to it. You know, I, you just couldn't stop me. And even in our end of the year yearbook for university, it basically said, I'd see he's going to be a military soldier. So I just joined the reserves when I was 22 and I trained as an infantry soldier and then I transferred into the regular army and I was posted to 1st Battalion Royal Australian Regiment up in Townsville. I, I did have a passion to go special forces but I got hit by a car pretty badly and was nearly killed so 
massive surgery on my shoulder and that. I tried to get back in, but they said, you've got to wait 18 months because of the major surgery. So it changed a lot of um, what I was doing. But I did reach a, a, a pretty good milestone there before I come to Sydney. I ended up in the reconnaissance platoon, which is you know, a smaller version of what the SAS do, but not, not the same. We, we go out and we gather intel in small groups, like a team of five. So that was, that was a pretty good highlight. Two tours to East Timor, you know, while I was up in Townsville, and also when I come to Sydney to the 3rd Battalion, Royal Australian Regiment, which was the Airborne Battalion. I used to rappel out of helicopters and then I went from that to jumping out of planes. And when I was in Sydney here, I was deployed to Iraq on exchange with the British Army. I was overseas for roughly four months, but I was in Basra for about three months. When I first come back from East Timor, there's a few things what happened over there, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they expected that we'd be in full combat, you know, but that's not war, what war's really like. You know, you could be in a war zone and, and not get shot at at all. It just depends on the circumstances. So a lot happened over there, and it did change me when I got back, and even my mother said it did. I See, to be honest, I didn't really notice there was anything wrong with me. You know, I just thought I was just wired because of our operational deployment and was so focused. So, you know, it was my family and that who noticed a few things. Probably after Iraq was the first time that my best mate, he, he could see that, you know, it had taken a toll on me and all the things I'd been exposed to. You know, and as a soldier, you don't really want to show, as an infantry soldier, you don't really want to show weakness, and if you do, you know, I've seen so many people in a few units I've served in, if they put their hand up that they have some type of mental illness, they're here one day and gone the next, or sort of like swept under the carpet. You have to do a psych test, or a psych interview before you go back to Australia. And this guy said to me, this, another corporal said, don't say anything about what you experienced here because you won't be able to do special forces. So when I went in for the psych interview, I remember this um, young, I think it was a young woman, said, did you see anything over here? I said, no. I just lied through my teeth because I didn't want to affect my future you know, chances, but at the same time, it was a detrimental thing to my health eventually. I came back from Iraq and did the barrier test and everything for the commandos, got on the selection course, was doing quite well. On the course I just, a few things happened and I, it was like a switch. I just felt sick, I didn't want to be there. I, I was pulled out, I spoke to the senior instructor of the course and they said, do you want us to leave the door open? I said, no, I don't want the door open, I, I don't want to come back here. Anyway, then I had massive regrets. I went into the reserves and it wasn't till, so that was 2007, it wasn't until 2013, after a very difficult you know, period of time, and nearly a marriage breakdown that um, I actually went and got help and went to a psychiatrist and he said going from your family history and what you'd experienced you know after about a month or two he diagnosed me with chronic PTSD which for about two years I didn't believe him I was in denial and I was a bit ashamed too. It was then that Corey turned to art. 
When I left the regular army and I went into the reserves, I was involved, I was helping out my in-laws with their gallery. They said, listen, if you produce a body of work, we'll hang it in our gallery. So for a few years, every Christmas I have an a major exhibition. I have many during the year, but this Christmas exhibition I exhibit there. And every time they would sell out. So they said, you really, they were pushing me into that. But then I started to, one of the things with um, the illness is you can be consumed in something and then it can be really overwhelming. So I then started to calculate how much paintings I'd have to paint per year to make us, you know, and by the end of it, I'd actually burnt myself out. So then I, I stepped away for a bit. So between 2016 and probably when I started my residency at Anzac Memorial, I hadn't painted that much because I, was, I felt like I had no purpose. Even though I was the president of the sub-branch, I helped a lot of veterans here, a lot of older veterans. You know, I just I felt really like I'd sit at home in our office staring at the wall pretty much all day. I'd walk my child to school, walk Lawson to school. I'd either I'd say goodbye to Katrine, she'd go to work, and I would sit there. And she'd come, oh, what'd you do today? Oh, I'd just lie to her because I just didn't feel like I had any energy or... And when I tried to do something, it just, there was nothing there. The Anzac Memorial opportunity came up through a mutual friend who works there. And they wanted to create an environment for veterans to come back to the, the memorial. Because it used to be where veterans would go there to find help. So they come up with this idea and they said, listen, we'd like to offer you a residency here. They created a place where I could come work with support and I had free range on what I could create as long as it I didn't paint dead bodies and stuff like that which I wouldn't anyway but it has to fall under their guidelines. So at first I really didn't know what I was going to paint. I had to paint the memorial so I chose certain sections and I didn't want to create pieces of artwork which would emotionally affect people when they looked at it. So the whole theme, other than the building themselves, I've taken the human connection out of it. The goal of that PC exhibition is to showcase a veteran's journey of healing. One of the paintings is called Sacrifice. It had come to me in an exhibition they had there where a gentleman was singing about Afghanistan. I was listening to his song and I thought, I really want to do a painting of a flag draped over a coffin, but take the coffin away. So it's just, it's a flag sort of hung in midair, but you can see the outline. And we've all seen the coffins coming back from overseas. It's quite a, a, a traumatic you know, image. So while I was painting this painting, I really enjoyed it because, you know, the colours, the rich blues, the reds, and, you know, right up my alleyway with my colour palette. I didn't realise at the time that I was dealing with a raw memory from what happened in Basra. So before I went to Iraq, I had to fly from, from Sydney via Hawaii, Calgary to the UK. When we landed in Calgary, we just got in the hotel, checked into the hotel, and I turned the news on and it said a helicopter had just been shot down in Basra, five people killed. About two days into being on the base I was on, they said to me, we're going to do a sunset parade. It's the coffin, the five military personnel, British personnel in their coffins. Whoever wasn't on duty 
we had to line this concrete path about four deep and the, um, the RSM of the base said we're going to walk the coffins out, the Merlin helicopter, it's a 30 minute turnaround from the airport, it, it would only be probably two or three minutes direct flight but because of the attacks and that, they had to fly tactically. He said we can only fit three coffins on the helicopter at a time. So there'll be two coffins here for 30 minutes. You've got to stand to attention the whole time you're there. So it's, it was quite a surreal feeling and, you know, emotionally sad, but also quite exhilarating at the same time because you're sort of facing your own mortality when you're staring at these coffins. It was the first time ever on operations that I started going, what would happen if I was killed here? What would happen back home? You know, how would Katrine you know, deal with it? How would my family deal with it? So while I was painting this painting, I didn't realise I was reliving that whole traumatic experience. You know, and some people might say, oh, well, it's not that traumatic, but it, it pretty much is when you're in a war zone and you see some coffins, you know, and you know, you're about to go outside the wire the next day and you know, in a flick of a finger, you could be in the same situation. So I painted this painting, finished it, and it wasn't until after I'd painted it, something changed. And I, re I remember sitting there thinking, I wonder if by me painting that flag, it has made me deal with you know, that traumatic experience. It's called Earth Soldier's Healing. It well and truly healed me. A soldier's healing will be on display at the Anzac Memorial in Hyde Park, Sydney every day until July 22.